1: So, welcome, listener, to Season 2, Episode 38 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast. I'm James Archer, and possibly because I tempted fate in Episode 37 by suggesting otherwise, uh, we are still down one Alice Bell. But we do have one Nate Crowley. Hello, Nate. Hello, how are you? Oh, that was... (laughs) That was lovely. (laughs) That was the
0: fanfare that the castle in Age of Empires 2 makes when it builds, just to just to continue the slow-running, sort of all-season hype train uh, for my uh, improvised Age of Empires 2 Tower role-playing game.
1: Lovely. I mean, that was a, just look, ex, excellent mouth trumpet. I, uh, that could have been, like, the real thing, maybe. That's very powerful, thank you. Mm. What's your best yeah.
0: simulated instrument?
1: Uh, oh, good question. I, I might be able to do a halfway decent kazoo, if we count that as a musical instrument.
0: Yeah, and I respect you enough to, to know you'd give it a decent go, because a lot of people think <laughs> That's oh.
1: oh,
0: <laughs> It's horrible, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a real kazoo.
0: Yeah, because kazoos have got oh. a uniquely demonic sound. I like them. Do you remember the Vizalas?
1: Oh, yeah. What was that, like 2008 or something? Yeah. Well,. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were just pipes that people whirled around their heads, yeah, they're, right? They're no, they're like plastic horns, kind of, but like really long, long, thin plastic horns.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was almost like a sort of medieval trumpet, wasn't it? Uh, uh,
1: but yeah, but they they just sound they just basically just had one note, which was the sound of like a swarm of bees.
0: <laughs> Honestly, what <laughs> with like. District Nine immediately being followed up by the one-two punch of the like that really was South Africa's moment in the sun. Yeah, it was a. And was it two thousand
1: nine, two thousand ten? It was thought. a. It was a World Cup, so it would have been an even numbered year. I think it, uh, it might be two thousand and eight. I think maybe. Uh, listeners, write in and let us know <laughs> what, what the
0: time occurred in. I know District Nine was two thousand and
1: nine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I do actually. I do. I do have a um, a box. I've forgotten the word immediately. I'm praying uh, you're
0: going to say Vivizela.
1: On my desk. Now, hang on, um, was that
0: a real kazoo or was it your kazoo, face? kazoo?
1: Yes, thank you. This is this is my this is my actual kazoo, which I keep on my desk at all times for some reason.
0: Would you do you use it for anything <laughs> in your day to day?
1: Um, not really, to be honest. I I was a bit nervous about putting it in my mouth because it's gained a bit of dust (laughs) since I last used it. The dusty kazoo. So I might now be... My lungs might be filled with kazoo dust. I hate that for you. Uh, mm. But, yeah, so Alice isn't ill again. She's just on holiday. Uh, So good for her, honestly. Uh, I kind of wish I was on holiday.
0: Where would you go? If you could... um... Just shout uh, and uh, leap such,
1: into the sky. Uh, just summer, summer sunny. There where it isn't traditional November. I don't like November. It's probably probably my least favourite month.
0: Of course, the total "The Devil" thing to do to you there would be to put you in Antarctica, where it would now be sunny almost all day. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: doesn't it? Wouldn't rain though? No. I I can kind of I can. Okay, I can't handle snow, but I. I, I get snow. Snow snow is kind of like doing its own thing, and it's, you know, I, I respect that. Rain is just, it, it just ruins your day, you know? It can't stick like, to it, its own it, knitting, can it? Yeah, no. Like, it doesn't. You're going to be heavy rain, you're going to be light rain, you're going to be drizzle. Like, just pick a weather.
0: Yeah, no, snow is so. Yeah. Mind you, you get, like, I like it. the snow in Antarctica is, like, just like really angry dust because it's so dry, isn't it? So.
1: Oh, is it? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I don't know. there
0: was that um, famous shot uh, I think it was late 90s the Life in the Freezer documentary and Attenborough found um, a seal carcass of a seal that died about 70 years ago and it hadn't rained. Oh. So it was just there still just because it hadn't decayed. Very, very oh. odd. Yeah. Don't go to Antarctica. That's the recommendation for this week.
1: Uh, oh, I I I can't think of a segue. To be honest, it's we're we're doing this in the afternoon, unusually, and I'm already at that kind of like late day. Shall I pretend brain? to be a
0: sort of a frightened medieval monk asking what's going on with the sulphurous rent that's opened up on the hillside by the tin mines, and I think it's the devil.
1: Uh, Don't worry, we, like, we, we can do, this. but not we can do, but I'm not sure how that pertains to free to play games.
0: What, what yawn has emerged <laughs> from the chasm in the hill? <laughs> is it a devil?
1: A remedy game is being remade. I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm like, not latching onto a joke. Here. No,
0: it's 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 okay. <laughs> the, the the monk's tanking this one, we can leave him behind.
1: Uh, so yes, uh, Remedy Entertainment of Alan Wake, Control, and Max Payne fame were developing a free-to-play co-op shooter known internally as Project Vanguard. They have this week announced that Project Vanguard will be rebooted, still as a co-op multiplayer game, but as a traditional paid-for game rather than free-to-play, uh, now called Project Kestrel. Uh, note mm. to investors said that due to uncertainties in creating a successful game to the rapidly changing free-to-play market and associated risks, the parties have discussed a new direction for the game project. Uh, Tero Vitala, CEO of Remedy, also said in this note that after a lot of careful consideration, we believe that taking on a new direction where the game will be, be- built more around Remedy's core competences is the right way to go. So, this is partly, this this whole rebooting thing is partly Remedy wanting to stay a bit more within their comfort zone of, quote, premium, paid-for games, but also partly not wanting to go near the free-to-play market. So... Yeah. Um, with, so with the with the caveat that we are not actually a pair of Big Mike lunchtimes working in games publishing, is... do we think this is a smart call?
0: Is it exploratory? Like how... What's the? Do you know much about what other publishers are thinking on this front? Uh, Are they the first to to sort of take a step back from it?
1: I don't. I don't know if they're the first. This is. I I guess this is like a relatively, um, I guess, public and large scale in terms of you know the size of Remedies Game Projects um, example of what was intended as a free to play game. You know, doing an about face and becoming a, like full paid for game. There are like there are instances of premium games which then become free to play. Often when they are not um, perhaps selling in the volume that the publisher yeah. would like, but but this is like a this is a you know relatively significant example of the other thing happening, but also not really because it, <laughs> because they are they are still making the game. Or have, or have in fact, you know, restarted making the game.
0: Well, yeah, because free to play always used to be seen as a death knell. It was the recurring joke for World of Warcraft for the longest time, wasn't it? And, mm. um, which persisted, of course. Um, yeah, that's that's weird going the other way. What 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 is it you think they they think is going to change? That's going to make it less tenable. What do you think they're betting on?
1: Ah, uh, I, I think it's I think it's just perceived as. A risky thing to be like making a new free-to-play game because if, we, if we're thinking about this from a pure business perspective yes there are games with you know money printing licenses your fortnights your robloxes your war zones apex legends arguably uh but these are like these are like long established games with masses of backing behind them huge marketing budgets and so on so i think if i were a developer or a publisher i'd be looking at that and thinking What well, is there any you know is there any left is there any pie left for me to have mm. a slice of like it must be so difficult to break into a space where these behemoths are already taking up so much time and money
0: well yeah i'm trying to work out what the well i mean i realise there's a, a whole profession of incredibly well paid people to do this but like actually working out what that market is at any given time is a concept that stumps me as well um I imagine the economics of it are very complicated and, and shifting all the time. So I don't know. it would be interesting to see if other people follow the same change in the wind.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's also... Um, you're, you're kind of committing to a more live service model if you go free-to-play. You're basically saying, like, we will, we will keep updating this and we'll keep developing new content for this like, more or less indefinitely. I think if you, if you just sell a game... Even if it's a multiplayer game, then you have more flexibility to, or maybe not. F- I know, I don't. Maybe not f- flexibility isn't the right word, but like you, you <laughs> can potentially drop it faster, and people won't be mad at you because they've already, you know, got their fill. Well, no, I know, I know
0: what you mean because it's like with press releases like that, you're always sort of trying to work out what the unspoken bad news is, and mm. like. Yeah, but the cynical side of me was like, okay, so they're, you know, they're trying to manage expectations for how much this one's going to get supported after launch, maybe.
1: Um, yeah, the the exact quote though, is, the exact quote is, um, "Due to uncertainties in creating a successful games, the rapidly changing free-to-play market and associated risks." I will say, I'm not entirely sure, as someone who's not really an industry insider what the rapidly changing conditions are? Like, are people becoming less willing to part of their cash, maybe? It's, um... Are people getting bored of, like, battle passes and the like?
0: That's the classic businessman thing of, like, saying something that could allude to, like, nine completely different situations. (laughs) Uh, And I hope you'll retrospectively be proved right. Um... I assume he's talking about people having less disposable incomes, but then, like, games tend to be pretty counter-cyclical, at least they were during the Great Recession a few years back, um,
1: yeah, I don't I, know, well,
0: if I'm, I'm, out, I'm, I'm out of the, the business mafia now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it is that, because, well, it, it might be that, I'm not sure, but. There was there was this when free to play games were first getting big, like there was this thing of like, oh well, people's you know people have less disposable income, and it's easier for them to get into a free to play game and maybe like drop a couple of dollars on cosmetics than it is to buy a brand new like sixty dollar sixty dollar like fifty pound game.
0: Do you know actually? Funnily enough, Hearthstone did the equivalent of standing outside my bedroom window with a fucking boombox the other night. (laughs) It um, just gave me like a hundred packs of cards to try and entice me back to playing the game. Okay. It might have been 80. It was some huge number that would have cost like 60 quid, but it clearly... Noticed I'd only been playing the um, auto battler mode for about three years, and was like, "I wonder if we can get him back into buying cards." If it's 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 like a crack what? dealer going out to give someone a kilo of crack to remind that, them how much that definitely... they like crack.
1: <laughs> Do you still like crack?
0: No, it's
1: awful. <laughs> was that definitely something that they did specifically to like lapsed players? It wasn't just all players are getting 80 packs of cards because...
0: I think it was, cause it was called, like, The Hero Returns or something, and I think it was... okay. Yeah, it was... To be honest, it was one of the things where I just wanted my 20-minute fix, so I dismissed the notification. <laughs> Lay your gifts of dead mice at my feet, cat. I can <laughs> <not>. <laughs> keep your cards. Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and have a look. But it was. I thought it was interesting that they would... They would wager that much of um, an opportunity cost to get me back because I guess they're just like well if he's not coming back at this stage he's not at all and if he is then that's cheaper 80 cards
1: mm. so can, can you can you like do anything with the cards can you like sell them is there a like a Steam-style market or anything.
0: That's a good point. I know it was being discussed at one point, but again, since I've just become like this weird auto battler hillbilly, sticking to my one <laughs> like, incredibly vile corner of the game, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's in the offing there. Uh, I well, suspect I- not. I suspect hmm. not.
1: That's a shame. So, uh, as a as a veteran Hearthstone hillbilly, Nate, does does seeing. Does seeing a game being free-to-play affect your perception of it at all? Like, does, it, does it does it send a shiver down your spine like, oh, that's going to be, I don't know, predatory or mm, it's going to demand too much of my time?
0: It's, I remember deliberately picking up Hearthstone in 2015. That's depressing. Um, because I had... I forget what was going on. It was right before I moved house and I literally had time to kill for the first time in ages. So I was like, right... If I'm going to get something that's going to claw into me, now's the time to do it. And I, I did literally stigmatize it ahead of time and was correct. Um, <laughs> so uh, I wonder how much I spent on it over the years. I've certainly not been a whale, but I I would be surprised if I hadn't spent more than 500 since then. Like, wow. Which over the course of eight years is forgivable, I think. They're quite nice pictures of pigs with axes or whatever.
1: Also true. Yeah, I guess that's like one game a year, roughly.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. it all balances out.
1: That's fair enough. Um, what about
0: yourself? Do you what, what is there a taint? Is there a well, miasma?
1: It maybe a little bit. Um I I I don't normally have like an instant revulsion to free-to-play games. I have played about a f- one and a half thousand hours of Apex Legends. Um oh, yeah. about a thousand hours of Team Fortress 2, although that's a bit of an u- unusual case these days. Um but, but then at the same time. So sorry, go on.
0: I've got it. sorry, no, while you're doing that, I'm just gonna there will be a click, because I'm gonna check to see how long I played Age of Empires 2, and I think you might have beaten me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Although it is so,
0: counting the, the early 2000s. Hmm.
1: So so yeah I, I I'm not like allergic to free to play games but at the same time because I already play those and i know i know I know how much time and effort you need to put into it to kind of get get stuff back even if you like, even if you bought a battle parser you don't get you are know, just buying the right to earn you know new items and cosmetics and what have you, you don't you know you're not actually buying them directly it always so,
0: felt to me that um eight Plagues sort of had the reputation of being a, mo- a sort of more more honorable or people people have never seemed that annoyed by it compared to other games but that might entirely be because i quite like it myself
1: yeah i mean it i guess it's one of the relatively um non-intrusive like well less intrusive Free to play things like you get pop-ups I guess, when you log in to buy the Battle Pass or whatever. How but many different like the...
0: currencies does it have at the moment? Because that's always the the tell, isn't it?
1: Uh, I think it has it has like one one strictly premium currency, and like a couple of different crafting really currencies. But um, I, I I remember the I remember the one you use to like unlock new. You know, legends or characters when they come out is one you, like you can get those with the freebie stuff. You know, th- those are the one those are one thing that you don't have to buy. So yeah, it's like re- I, that, that's a relatively like light one. Um But even so, like no- knowing knowing the investment you have to put into the, these kinds of games, do I have both the time and the inclination to give my time to yet another live service game? And for me personally. N- not really like or not ideally um, you know, his, uh, again, uh, uh, sorry you were saying oh uh, yeah and again that's not out of a revulsion for f- free to play mechanics um, I've quite happily put money into Apex and TF2 and, and Dota 2 actually Christ, I spent something like £16 pounds on a dress <laughs> in Dota this <ones. laughs> Christmas made Arcana gorgeous um, 200- yeah, the-
0: 924 hours on Age of Empires 2 by the way Okay. Uh funnily that's, enough, actually, just thinking about that, that's good luck. The last, um, I was going to say this in the, what we've been playing, but I've been playing um, the Mountain Royals DLC for that, um, which is all about getting raucous and the caucus, um, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's, it's 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 really good. I'm doing what I always do when a Age of Empires 2 DLC comes out, which is go in, play a few random games with the new Civs, do the three campaigns, the single-player ones over the course of about a week and a half, and then sort of drift away from the game until the next DLC. But that's really interesting because they're cheap DLC as well. They get, you know, just absolutely without a thought, automatically I buy them on launch day for seven quid and I know I will get a... It's it's quite an unambitious way of doing it, but it's, it's going like gangbusters.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: And that's a sort of a halfway house, I suppose, because that's you know okay they they do have servers and things for competitive multiplayer play, but it's certainly not, you know, live service game. But yet, you know, it is almost getting the air of a seasonal thing now because of the regularity of the DLC.
1: Yeah. That's 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 interesting. I I don't know how common that is. Well it's
0: it's such a do. weird Outlier in so many ways. Age of Empires. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess unfortunately, you know, there are lots of examples of free-to-play games just shutting down, like perishing. Yeah, there's been a lot, um, a
0: lot withering.
1: Yeah, like just 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 like the last few months, um, the Cycle Frontier that was like a big extraction shooter shut down. Uh, Dreadnought, the the space game. Super really? People, yeah. Yeah, <gasps> super people too. Um, Vampire: The Masquerade Blood Hunt not technically shut down, but isn't being developed anymore.
0: That sounds pretty dead. So yeah,
1: so yeah I guess like when when you know publishers say you know the risks of getting involved in the free to play market. I guess they're specifically talking of the risk of not enough people playing it or putting money into it, and it shuts down like within sometimes in less than a year
0: so is that yeah th- those all felt quite recent
1: yeah i mean the cycle frontier came out i think last year Se- like second half of last definitely,
0: year definitely
1: yeah super people too i think never got out of early access i i can't remember how long it's been around for but
0: so what happened with frontier the cycle the cycle frontier
1: i don't know i th- i think just not enough people were playing it um which is but by like most accounts, it was actually quite good. Um Ollie on um Oli Tom's our guys editor, you know, he loved it. It
0: was like um, um Battleborn that got strangled at birth by Overwatch was by all by all accounts actually alright, but yeah, sometimes just things don't have a chance, do they? Yeah, I,
1: I guess I guess you could argue Battleborn is maybe like a bit too close to, you know, any other existing mega mega game. Yeah. The Cycle Frontier did it's an extraction shooter so ultimately it's a bit you know was a bit like escape from tarkov or whatever but it also like looks and feels and in many ways operates in a you know much more unique way so
0: forgive my yokelism here an extraction shooter is a get to the chopper job right
1: basically yeah like you get it, it it's kind of it's, it's kind of like that crossed with battle royale um do you have like the closing you, ring? No, there's there's not a ring, but there's a similar thing where you're kind of like if you die, you lose all your stuff. You only get one life, etc. Okay. Uh, I I I can't handle them. They're a bit too stressful for me, and I, and I'm I'm I hate the idea of like permanently losing, permanently losing my stuff. Yeah, I uh, uh, had a
0: friend who played that a lot, and it just. I mean, I I played PUBG and thought that was just a really, like psychologically bleak experience. Apparently, that was uh, even more so.
1: Oh yeah, I I play a bit of Tarkov. It's uh, grim in it pretty much every way. But yeah, um, so I guess we'll just have to see about this Project Kestrel Navy Vanguard thing.
0: Are there any um, other big free to plays that you know of in the works?
1: Uh, in the works. That's a good question, actually.
0: And also, do we this... know anything more about like Vanguard Kestrel, like? Other than it, like, do we know sort of like what is the uh, genre,
1: genre territory it's in? N- uh, just it's a co-op. Um, well, if it if it's like if Kestrel is like much like Vanguard, except not free to play, it will be a co-op shooter. But we don't know if it's going to be like PvP or purely like co-op PVE. Um, it is not the. It is not the. Con- it is not the multiplayer control game. I think that okay. that the remedy we are also making, um, which I which I'm also kind of like interested in, but also not interested in at the same time <laughs> because I really I really 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 like Control, and I love like the world of Control, but putting like all the all the like intentional strangeness that you get with a multiplayer game into that, yeah, like, kind of like cheapen cheapen it a bit. So I'm not. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see about that. No, as well. I'm
0: with you on that. Uh,
1: but yeah, I, I the other, the other interesting quote in all this is um, the the core competences bit that the CEO said, which which gives the impression that they, I don't know, they were making a game that they knew they didn't have competence. Well, my... in making. Is that like a too harsh a reading?
0: No, my translation of that is pretty simple. It's um, like basically if you've expanded and then like either had to just like bite the egg on a few new projects or, you know, or, or step back altogether, you talk about your core competencies, core competencies are sort of retreating to what you're best at. Um, so it's, it's it's kind of an admission of failure, yeah. Or at least, you know that they're taking a more risk-averse position and just doing yeah. more surefire things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Due due to associated risks, core competences. Just yeah. Yeah, like, all so, these very specific things. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like all of remedies. Like recent games, um, I think have been really good. So, I, I'm, I'm not like too worried even if it even if it, they don't have I think any? Oh no they do have they do have multiplayer ex- experience because they made that um uh they made that shooter that was like um a multiplayer spin-off of no Oh god what was it it was like crossfire or something hmm? do you know this
0: yeah it rings a bell
1: so there's, there's this game called Crossfire X which is the third game in the Crossfire series which is apparently a very popular shooter series in China and South Korea and Remedy made two single-player campaigns for it yeah whereas I, th- I think the original developers made the multiplayer and it was yeah not not warmly received so I'm incorrect uh, Remedy st- apparently still don't have much multiplayer experience no
0: it's not a core competency
1: no 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 it's not um well good thing they're rebooting it then there you go <laughs> <laughs> happy days Happy days, unless you're, I don't know, really looking forward to a free-to-play Remedy game, maybe.
0: This is it. Well, it was the dream, wasn't it? Was it the dream
1: yeah. for anyone? No one I know, personally.
0: Well, if you're out there, I'm sorry for being flippant bet your dream.
2: <laughs>
1: right, should we talk about what we've been playing? Yes, let's switch Nate. So you've been you've been back on the old AOE.
0: Yeah, so um, uh, this time we're back with the Armenians, the Georgians, uh, and the reworked Persians. So it's quite clever what they do every time they do a DLC. They'll take one of the like the nations that was like abstracting way too many actual real historical Countries and break it up into sub factions. So, for example, they split like India up into three like historical medieval Indian kingdoms. And yeah. yeah, so they've 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 done this with um, you know the the the, I suppose Asia Minor region you'd call it um sort of the eastern part of Persia um, western sorry east and west do they get them confused sometimes, um yeah you have uh, you don't build lumber carts anymore. Uh, at Lumber Camps even you build donkey carts or mule carts even which are great oh, nice. <laughs> um, the Persians do donkeys make
1: do donkeys make cute donkey noises they kind
0: of honk you... yeah yeah uh, nice. the llamas that they introduced when they did the Incans back in 2000 had a comically frequent and loud sound effect so if you get a map with llamas on they're just doing this sort of eerie yell all the time but the the, yeah, the donkeys I think have toned it down a bit which is good um, okay, it's nice to see what I do really like with um with what they're doing they do so genuinely like quite rigorous like entry level historical stuff as well because like those those nations at that time, so we're talking sort of you know when you've got the Ottomans, the Byzantine Empire um scrapping over the region a lot. Like it's not something I really knew very much about, or I just knew corners of it from other places. And like it's silly, I know, but the number of like genuinely solid understandings of bits of history I have, because I have sat through the briefings of Age of Empires 2 campaigns, is not to be sniffed at. So uh yeah, if you <laughs> if you want to um get murky in turkey, then the- <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're on a roll today, mate. These, these, are, these are good puns.
0: Well, if you want to head head east to the Indus Valley and ransack a Dansack, um, that's, that's, that's all I've got.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm done. What have you been oh. playing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I've been playing Planet of Lana, which is a 2.5D puzzle platformer that came out earlier this year. Did you say
0: Planet it- of Laga?
1: Lana. Oh, okay. <laughs> very <laughs> different game. <laughs> So I play Planet of Lana Lar- Lar- yeah. Welcome to no. Planet of Lar- no. Now buy that fucking bin. 2.5D booster simulator. That's, that's, that's Hang on,
0: isn't that just Landlord yeah. Super?
1: <laughs> like with maximum respect think, to Landlord Super. Does Landlord Super have uh accents?
0: I don't know. I Not haven't good, I haven't seen that since like the first accent. footage from years ago, but I was intrigued.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh so anyway, Planet of Lana. Uh, it's one I kind of had to be talked into trying by a friend because I've played other cinematic side-scrolling platformers like Limbo or Inside. Oh, so it's and, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while well, I can art- I can, I can appreciate the artistry in these games, but I've never really loved playing them. I tend to get a bit bogged down almost in a lot of the puzzles. Oh so, yeah, I hate
0: platforming puzzles. I'm always just like, well. Screw you, I, I will not put another four minutes into this to, to walk around the room
1: again. <laughs> oh, um, this, this, it's not enti- it's not like that different, to be honest, but I did blast through it in a couple of evenings and really, really enjoyed it. Because it's, it's not fast-paced by any means, but it did feel a lot more... Well, I, I felt a lot more active and engaged in the puzzle-solving, I think, because you don't just control your own character. So very early on, you make friends with this adorable little cat-monkey creature. Oh, yeah. Um, he's kind of like basically just a little black blob with four legs and a little curly tail. He's uh, called Mui, um, which is absolutely going to be the name of a future pet in my household. We've decided
0: uh, our next cat's going to be called Gollum.
1: <laughs> based, based on Game of the Year, the Lord of the Rings Gollum. This is
0: it, yeah. Mm. In honor of. Yeah. Mui is great, though.
1: Well, wow, much like much like Gollum, uh, Mui is surprisingly <laughs> agile, <laughs> and, uh, so you can you can direct him to like jump up to ledges to grab ropes or push buttons. Uh, you tell him to hide in certain spots. If you can or, like certain holes you can dig through. Um, he he she or it, um, I should say, and it just it, like doing that whilst also managing your own movement, it, it becomes this really fun like single player co op game. Interesting. Uh, and that's just a lot more satisfying to me than having to do all the, what you what I normally get in, in these kinds of games, which is like me, very menial, box pushing, mm. very slow climbing around, puzzle solving stuff. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't sure about it, but re- I really liked it in the end. It's also just a nicer place to be than the worlds of Limbo or Inside. It has it's, it has this very colorful, vibrant, apparently like Studio Ghibli inspired look to it. Uh, and some of the levels, like especially in the background, are are just absolutely gorgeous. And I was play- I was playing on a seven inch Steam Deck, so I imagine it looks even better on your big twenty seven inch gaming monitor.
0: There was a lovely little game called Stella that came out, not not Stella like Star, like Stella, like the like, um, big <laughs> Ethiopian monuments. That came out a few years ago. I reviewed it. Um, I ne- remember really talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have played anything like that by instinct. It, you know, it's not it doesn't attract me, but a I had a very similar experience to the one you're describing with this, actually. Um, Pacing was really important, because like I say, if I get too impatient with a puzzle, I will never come back. Um, But the the set pieces in it were really fun as well. Um, I also just, I think I said this a couple of months ago, but as time goes by, I've got ever more of an appetite for, yeah, just a game that will take a couple of nights and then I don't have to think about it again. Yeah, That's the, yeah. you know again talking about the um, you know, games as a service. Yeah, it's kind of so refreshing now just to have something entirely sitting sized.
1: Yeah, I, I read a few reviews of Planet of Lana after I finished it, and a lot of them kind of criticised the length, like they said it was too short. I thought it was like just just right. It's about I don't know maybe like four hours ish. And it doesn't, it like it never ever really repeats itself. It doesn't stay in like one area or biome for too long. Like even even the puzzles feel. There's there's never like you do two of the same kind of puzzle in a row. Yeah. Right. There's not like it's not like you're you're there's one there's one very easy one where you're you're taught to push a box onto a pressure plate, and then it's like now you get one hour of. Pressure placed no. box siding puzzles um, of increasing difficulty. No, it's is you know, it, 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 it's mixed up very well. And it, it it does introduce like new uh new mechanics and systems and but it does but it does so in like a you know a well-paced not in a well-paced way it's not like too so or too overwhelming.
0: And what's the sort of the um what's the aesthetic to it?
1: Uh it's kind of like soft soft edge a bit like painterly
0: mm-hmm.
2: is um, it, um... It, it's
1: it's like soft it's well i don't know about soft sci-fi but it is um so so the the setting is like some kind of earth-like but probably alien world is um, it indeed the planet s- of llama uh it's a planet and it's got Lana on it. At one point, Lana might be the only person on the planet. So you, you could say, like, if that's the case, then yes, Planet of Lana. Brutal. But um no, it's 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 not like po- it's not really like post-apocalyptic. Um it's more of a, you know. Beauty of nature kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's the best beast in that?
1: Uh I mean Mui is technically a beast. I'm a big Mui fan. Um, but there's also Um There's also this like weird tentacle thing um which isn't hostile at all. It just lies around sleeping. Um but and you <laughs> you, you, you unlock you unlock a way to basically like get it to shove itself out of the way so you can you know, turn it into a platform or get it to un-unblock a- an opening or something. Oh, um, so is it something that just...
0: does? It seems like it's just a background asset until you find something to do with it. That's quite fun.
1: Yeah, and it's it, it's just nice because it it shares the same like all black color palette with um, monsters that are trying to kill you. So it, it's kind of nice to just bump into this one this one dude in jesus you know he's, <laughs> he's just, okay. He, he's just chilling. Yeah, he's all right. I like him. I'd like to. Sh- I I could share a planet of lager with him. <laughs>
0: On the planet of lager. No.
1: Nah. Right. Uh, should we do maybe a bit of hardware? I think yeah, a bit of hardware would be very good. Yes. A good way, good day to wear hard. I'd say it's fine day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: All right. So, back in season two, episode. 35, I believe, we discussed a regulatory filing. Very exciting. Oh my famous, god, previously on. <laughs> for a mysterious new Steam Deck model. Mm. And we all predicted what about it would be different. So I said new screen. Alice said detachable controllers. And Nate, you suggested it would be controlled by an ill but not terminally ill monkey. Oh, so with I a, did. <laughs> with, a, with a Neuralink chip in its brain that may or may not develop Munchausen syndrome. Yes. We now have our we now have our answer and apologies to shareholders in Neuralink and Monkey Hospitals, but it is not what Nate said.
0: Thank God,
1: <laughs> it is in fact what I said because it is the the new Steam Deck is the Steam Deck OLED, which adds obviously a new OLED type screen, as well as longer battery life, a more efficient processor, redesigned thumbsticks, a new one terabyte storage option, and several other small tweaks besides. Uh, I have been testing it for about a week, and I think it's brilliant. It is very much the Steam Deck, but better. So the display is more colourful. It has HDR support now. It lasts like it lasts longer, which is a big thing. Um, potentially by like several hours, depending on the game. Because oh, sorry, you go.
0: What's uh, the O and O LED stand for? I just need to ask. Uh, this. I've never known.
1: Or- organic light emitting diode.
0: Organic? Are they made of meat?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what the deal is. I mean, would you like a would you like a brief crash course in in panel technologies, Nate? Yeah, I think I would. Like? Yeah. Okay, so with with most like LCD screens, like um, the one you may be looking at right now, mm. um, the pixels are lit by a separate backlight, um, which work which works fine. But the what, thing with each this is pixel. E- well not really it's kind of like done it it's it's normally done in like zones okay yeah um with oled each each pixel kind of like is an led so oh. that kind of gives you both more i guess controllable lighting um it also lets you have like completely perfect black shades because you're because it's not like an okay, illuminated like it's yeah, because it's not an illuminated LED like trying to approximate a black color. It is, or shade, I should say. It is like literally just off. Like it, the, there is no light emitting from it at all, um, and that in turn lets you have like really good contrast.
0: Wow, um, that must look quite like fundamentally different, does it?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's, it, especially on if you compare like an OLED TV to. Uh, these these are like relatively old fashioned now, but like an like a LCD TV, mm. like the colours and the contrast on an OLED team on an OLED screen are just like much more. They just have a lot more pop to them. Oh well, I, today was once again
0: a cowboy school day.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I, I get, well. Actually, speaking of, I was talking about battery life, but the other thing about OLED is it's more power efficient because mm. you can have pixels which are just off at times. Oh, so, sure, don't use yeah. any pla- so don't use any power at all. Um, so yeah, that's all, that's all good stuff. Wouldn't playing um, static
0: just monster your power bill then? Because every LED would just be turning on and off at random all the time.
1: Uh, not to my knowledge, I don't think, no. That's really interesting. Mm. I, to be honest, I no. feel like
0: a right chumpus now, because that's how I thought monitors worked.
1: Oh, as in like the individual pixels like turn off. Yeah, I thought
0: it was like a big carpet of little lights. So
1: I mean, that's that's basically yeah, that's that's what OLED is. What fun! Yeah, well, you're right. You're you're right now in a way, <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> because we we do we do we do we are now like getting OLED monitors. Like they're they're a fairly recent thing. Are they very expensive? But, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's kind of the downside. But the the Steam Deck OLED is actually like very good value because this is the other thing. The the new models, like the Steam Deck OLED models, are basically the same price as the old Steam Decks. Hmm. It's just the, it's just the old Steam Decks have had a price cut. Otherwise, you're basically getting like more more hardware for the same price.
0: How how long hmm. into their life did that price cut happen?
1: Uh so it launched. The original Steam Deck only launched in like February 2022. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. A little, a little over a year and a half. I, I can, I, I will say, I, I understand completely if someone has bought like an old, uh, I say old Steam Deck, like original Steam Deck, and they're now seething at the fact that there's a, a significantly better version um, in every way for the same money, uh, less than two years into its lifespan. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's, I guess that's just a risk you take when you buy. You know, electronics of any kind.
0: Well, it's, yeah, yes. It's like I always prepared for the fact that by the time I get rid of a phone, it will be, it will feel completely different from whatever's new. Yeah. Um, you need to try and avoid buying machines where you can. Well, no, actually, that's that's literally the opposite to your job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but no, I I I love this thing. To be honest, like I'd, I'd recommend this in a second, Pro- probably over. Um, like more powerful handhelds, like the the Asus Rog Ally. I suppose it, it, it's a sorry.
0: tricky one to shoehorn a metaphor into, but do you, do you sort of feel like the way a cowboy knows the weight of a good revolver in their hand immediately?
1: Yeah, yeah. It it, it has a oh, it's like it's got. It's like this. The Steam Deck has a soul, almost, and the Rog Ally is just like a piece of machinery
0: do you feel that this that, was the product the steam deck was waiting to be it,
1: it, it that's literally like how Valve are mark, like marketing it or positioning it in the interviews like this is a this is the one we would have had if we had you know a few months more time
0: i think um, that's the you know in terms of handling a launch in a very rapidly developing field i think they pulled it off really well I bit I bit i may even get one myself who knows yeah. Well, because you know what, actually? Yeah. I was thinking, I want to spend less time sitting at my desk. Um, yeah. And, like, I write more productively when I'm not at my desk anyway, because I have a little laptop. And I thought, the only other thing I actually do with my PC is is play the videograms. So, hmm. like, in a controversial move for an XRPS staffer. Might actually just get rid of the PC and replace it with a little Steam Man. Okay. What do you think of I, that? Let's well, talk about so, it right now.
1: Okay, so I I don't I guess the main thing is I have not tried an Age of Empires game on the Steam Deck. So I don't know how that's gonna work out. Hmm. But yeah, like I'm if you if you don't care about playing stuff at super high frame rates or super high resolutions.
0: Well yeah, a lot I'm, of a lot of things I'd want to play are sort of quite ploddy things. Ah, oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I was just thinking earlier today, oh, I wouldn't mind, yeah, freeing myself. Of the well, no, no, you can't get rid of a computer. That's mad. I hereby repent. Never oh. mind. It was an exciting flight of fancy while it lasted.
1: No. I, I, well, I didn't. I, I, you said to me a while back, didn't you? I was thinking of getting a new one.
0: Yeah, I was I'm thinking around the end of the year, yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, well, de- decision time! Steam, yeah, Steam Deck, Steam Deck on your PC.
0: Well, wow. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think? What's your vote?
1: Ah, uh, uh, I mean, it it partly depends like what your PC, what your PC is made up of now, um, and how like future, not maybe not future proof, but future resilient. Uh, it is a bit of a clown card, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's fine, I suppose. Oh, I've just realised you can't record a podcast on a Steam Deck, can you? <laughs>
1: you, I don't know. You might be able to with um with like a USB hub. Uh, and if you go into desktop mode, it, it, it is based on Linux, but you, I, I'm sure there's like recording software. You well, can there, find the words.
0: There'd be dragons. Still, Ooh. worth thinking about.
1: Yeah. Oh, that will be. Oh, that might be like a high concept thing we can do. Like where, I, at least at least on mine, I can record <laughs> record part of an electronic Wire show on a Steam Deck.
0: Yeah, if you can do it, I'll be impressed. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, my my, I might just look into that. That might be fun. That might be fun.
0: There you go. See your scrappy challenge. <laughs> um.
1: So I fear we might have to delay your role-playing Tower of Jocularity again this week, Nate, as we are still down one party member.
0: Oh, don't fear. Let's just build up the anticipation even further. It's going to be an, mm. an adventure like no other.
1: <laughs> we, we have picked our classes, though. We have picked our classes. So I will be, just, just to give a little teaser, um, I will be playing as Dracula stood on top of a turtle ship. multi very good. As we know, f- vampires famously enjoy being around running water. <laughs> And I believe Alice is going to be Stirling Castle. Yes, that's right. In, in all of its aged magnificence. Gotta watch out for boulders. So yeah, that'll, that'll be a that'll be a good one the next time we're all in a podcast together in maybe 2024. The day will come. I believe.
0: <laughs> we'll make it to episode 40. <laughs>
1: Okay, instead we shall simply move on to our recommendations. Uh, every day, every week we recommend something which is not a video game. Uh, Nate, do you have a recommendation for us? Yeah, this is, um,
0: it's a restaurant, but it's quite a practical recommendation. If you are passing through Birmingham at any point and want lunch, um, the Asia-Asia food court uh, is astonishingly good value and just really, really like weirdly good food across the board. There's about nine small restaurants operating out of a, a two-story courtyard and you load cash oh. onto a card and go to places and order things and you get little bleeperinos that let you know when your din-dins has been summoned. And uh, yeah, I, I got a bento box that was about the size of a wagon, like <laughs> an unfeasible amount of salmon, um, all very fresh, uh, lovely, lovely temper of veg, um, a nice Thai salad as well, um, strong showing from a, a lot of national cuisines, and uh, yeah, right in the middle of town as well, so the Asia-Asia yeah. food quarter, good in a pinch.
1: That does, sir. So. I love a food market. Can you eat it? I love a food market. Yeah, there's lo- there's like quite a few in London. It's kind of like our, mine and my friend's go-to like birthday thing. Just yeah. where we, we can rock up like 5pm and by 10pm you've had like four different meals from different parts of the world It's good oh, times So good, good, times. good. Yeah. So good. Uh, My recommendation this week is, is a couple of years old now but I recently watched a Netflix documentary called Mission Joy, Finding Happiness in Troubled Times. It's structured around this joint interview with Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama Oh, um, okay. it turns—it turns out I didn't know this. While Desmond Tutu was alive, these two were like really close friends. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all about both the—it's about finding the emotive and scientific benefits of joy and happiness, and of endeavouring to find happiness when life gets hard. Uh, hmm. Which make, which sounds which sounds like a bit floofy but it's all just such a nice thing to watch. Partly because it is very like earnestly optimistic yeah and partly because every few minutes you get a scene of archbishop desmond tutu and the dalai lama just laughing at each other or bantering (laughs) each other or something like that so it just feels very warm and genuine as if like you are just in the presence of two very very good friends i have got no problem with that
0: at all that sounds really good
1: yeah and it's not it's not um it's not a religious lecture at all it's actually very secular in its approach and its tone so i as a Non-religious person felt like I got as much outfit as someone who is a Christian or a Buddhist might have done.
0: Nice. So it's um, God, I didn't know those guys knew each other. Really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they have very very good rapport. Very good rapport between Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the 14th Dalai Lama.
0: The bish. The bish.
1: Right. So I believe that is the end of another. Was it? season two episode 38 of the electronic wireless show podcast uh you can find us on rockpapershotgun.com and we are also on facebook twitter youtube tiktok and now blue sky as well uh if you just search rock paper shotgun on those we also have a discord where you can chat with fellow listeners of the show and fellow rps readers um about well anything you fancy really the site games the podcast in general uh we'll link to that in the notes as well uh, I we should be back next week. Yeah. Although I am absolutely not making predictions about who will be back next week because I did that last time and it fucked us.
0: It'll be three so- Alice Bells next week
1: <laughs> So, instead, I will simply say, hope to see you then. And for now, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Nate.
0: Farewell, I love you all. Bye. <laughs>